on today's episode, we talked about fear of death or death anxiety. Yeah, I look at it as death anxiety. Get some pointers on how to kind of approach it and maybe maybe be a little bit more mindful of it. And and what it is, right? Listen in. Listen in. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Capal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Capal, a psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Dr. Nick... Today we're going to talk about the fear of death. Right. Let's talk about it. There's so many aspects to that question, right? Or that that thought, right? The fear of death. Why why do we fear death? But let's go to genetics first, right? Genetically, we are predisposed to the idea of survival of the fittest. We want to survive. We we need to survive. We need to procreate. So therefore, our existence as human beings continues. So the fear of death is genetically put in us. We, we want to live. We want to survive. Um, but I'm going to look at it as from an existential lens here, and we're going to talk about death anxiety, right? This idea that we are born with, you know, the knowledge that we are going to die. So, you know, kids, if we talk about little, little ones, they, they don't understand that yet because they don't understand finality yet. But when you get to a certain age, you start understanding that, even young people, even, you know, people in their 20s, even people in their 18s and even younger die. And that is a, when we when we learn that, that that is a trauma in itself, because this idea that, oh, how much fun I have in life is going to end. And what is that end going to look like? Right. And as we get older, we, we start even questioning that further. What are we leaving behind legacy wise? What are we is people going to remember me? Um, we want, I think desperately so much as, as human beings, we, we want to be remembered. Um, whether that is from, you know, what we do educationally, what we do, um, physically, maybe we have grandchildren. So through them is our legacy or through our children is our legacy through our, through my marriage is my legacy. Um, and that brings back the whole idea of meaning, right? And how important meaning is for life, because without meaning, then we're going to die on our deathbed regretting everything else, right? We're going to regret it. Yeah, that's no, I think, I think, yeah, you obviously nailed the first part about this. And that is we are, we are born to fear death, right? We are born that we need to basically struggle in this thing that we call life and try to prolong as much as we can, our eventual demise, right? And that's the, that's the idea. Um, and you're absolutely right. As a kid, th- I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid to die. I, you know, I didn't. I didn't even think about it. That was never a, a part of my well, there's, daily there's, thought. And then, as you get older in your teenage, there's there becomes a superhuman complex where you think that it could never happen to well, me. Well, it happens, but it doesn't happen to me. Right. It's not going to happen to me, no, right? No. I mean, I'm I'm 12 years old. Like, come on. I got my whole life ahead Stretch of me. Stretch Armstrong. Like, heck yeah. Like, uh, am I going to jump off my roof to to somersault into a pool? Absolutely. Did, just, did I just age myself with Stretch Armstrong? You did a little bit. <laughs> you did a little bit. But the reality is... Stretch Armstrong was really cool, and so. he was, and he was almost invincible, almost. But you know what? The, you know what the thing? You know, since we're talking about this, since we got sidetracked, 
Stretch Armstrong, you could literally stretch him and his arm would fall off eventually. Yeah, it would get, that goop would come out. Mm-hmm. It's just like those balls, you know? Anyway. So, so uh, Nick, what can you do or what can our listeners do to help with the anxiety of fear? So I think the, the big thing. Sorry, anxiety of death. The, the sorry, fear dude. of death, right? Well, that's fear. You're good. You're good, right? I've always believed in in my therapeutic lens that we as humans do things out of two different basic emotions. We either do things out of fear or we do things out of love, right? So everything we do, you can I I see it as you can trace it back to those two emotions. Fear, right? If we go even deeper and go dive as deep as we can, we're going to come to this ultimate fear of dying. We're, we're going to cease to exist. That's the ultimate fear because we can't do anything if we're dead, right? It's unfinished Life, business, that's for sure. Absolutely. So so what can we do to uh, decrease some of this anxiety, this death anxiety, right? One thing is talk about it. Talk mm-hmm. about it because as we know in, in therapy, as we know as psychologists, as we know as people in general – what happens when someone buries their emotions? Ooh, it festers. Right? I always look at it as a tea kettle, right? You put enough pressure in a tea kettle, the water boils, uh, pressure keeps going, pressure keeps going. What happens? Yeah, eventually she's going to she's gonna start whistling. She's going to whistle, and then eventually what happens? If then you don't she's going to boil off, over. She's going to boil over, and then, then what happens if you don't take it off? The kettle's going to break. The kettle is going to literally melt. And yeah. it's going to cease to exist, right? So I look at that initial, that, whoo, you know, that, that tea kettle going off. That's, that's, that's anger, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the first thing, right? We, we, get, we, we get fearful. We don't talk about it. And then someone around us dies, right? And then it's, or we get diagnosed with like something terrifying like cancer or something like that. And then we get mad. Mm-hmm. Because that realization that it could never happen to me is happening. It's happening to me. And how dare it? Mm. Yeah. What did I do to deserve how this? Di- yeah. Why not, why not my twin brother, Ben? You know, we yeah. both lived the same life, right? Why, why do I get the cancer? Yeah, it's- why didn't he get the cancer, right? It's anger, right? And the reason why I bring that up is because this, this goes back to the death anxiety, right? If we don't talk about it, and then we get hit with a death, or we, we ourselves are dying, we are going to get angry. Oh, yeah. And especially for men, this is just my experience, um, men tend to show anger because that's like socially accepted for men. Men aren't, aren't allowed to cry. You got to be a man. You can't cry. But you're allowed to beat the hell out of the Boys guy at the bar, don't right? cry. You know, it, it, it sucks, but that's the reality we live in, right? You're allowed to be angry. Yeah, we're going to play football. We're going to beat the hell out of the other team, right? Mm. We're going we're gonna to smoke them to the ground, right? Smoke them. Hockey, right? Yeah, yeah. boy, mm. let's go see hit, 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 hit. Yeah, going to get the puck. What I'm saying to you is, is that it's, it's, it's socially accepted for men to show aggression, to be angry. That's okay. Um... But then we, we, we wonder why all fights and all that stuff happen as they get older. It's because it, it, I digress. Mm-hmm. Women, um, socially, it's accepted for them to communicate through emotions. So they talk. They, they, they do a lot. of. My experience, 
women do a lot better through the grieving process because they they've already learned that talking is um a really good way for them to get their emotions would out. Would you would you say they're they're more comfortable with their emotions? They're just more comfortable talking or in tune with their emotions. Well, they're they're more in tune with their emotions, but more importantly, they have friends normally that they talk about stuff like like their marriage and they talk about um any issues that they're having in their life with their job or work or that kind of stuff. They, we talk about barbecue barbecue grills. We're going to we're going to talk about football. How's football going? Yeah, yeah. You know, are your son playing football? I see. I see. We're not going to talk about. I'm really struggling here because Grandpa died. Yeah, it's for men. It's you know, in my experience, it's it's pulling teeth a little bit. You gotta, you know, you kind of just gotta get in there, and you get that. They get that initial release of, ooh, that actually it sucked coming out, but then it felt good right after, mm-hmm. right. It's just like cracking, you know, cracking knuckles and stuff. At first, you're like, eh, I don't like that. But then you're like, ooh, there's some smooth. release there. Smooth. <laughs> it's, it's, smooth. <laughs> thinking about like, that fishing movie. You're just thinking about like, the, 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 all those like pianist on movies and they like yeah. crack all their knuckles and it's like the perfect like. Right. I mean, if you really think about the feeling of cracking your knuckles, the first usually or like um, if you pull a finger. What's what's or um uh, what am I thinking? Um, not pull you, a finger. You fart, um, right? If someone pulls your finger. You, <laughs> right? No, no. You when you when you what do you jam, call it? Oh, jam, jam oh, a finger, oh, right? Oh. You jam a finger, right? <laughs> and the first thing people tell you, right, is it's like someone's got to pull it. Oh yeah. And you're like, don't do it, don't do, do it. But the it. minute that they pull it out, it or hurts. D- oh, what about the dislocate your arm or dislocate an oh, arm? Right? And you're they in say, that pain. You're in that pain. You always got that one guy or that one person in the room. It's like. Just, just do it, man. I'm gonna do, do it, it on three, and they do it on one. You know what I mean? Right. Horrible so uh, back to it. <laughs> we we digress. We're gonna go back to this. So the so, first thing is to talk about it, right? right? The second thing is is that take take inventory on in it, right? So what is it about death that scares you the most? For some people, like I said, it's all, it's all about legacy. It's all about well, I don't want to be on my deathbed and be thinking about all the stuff I should have done. Right. For other people, for other people, it's this idea of I don't desperately don't want to die alone. Right. I don't right. want to be alone in that situation. What if there's nothing? I hear that one all the time. For other people, it's the religion background. Right. So it's they're questioning religion and they're thinking, I don't want to die because I don't know what comes after. It's, it's a, yeah. Right. Super valid point. N- not. Or what about just the fear of the finality of it? Or. It's the fear of yeah the fin- you're right nailed it that's why you should be a psychologist so maybe <laughs> just need a couple more years but it, it is that right it's that idea of everything has to come to an end and this is the end this is fin the beginning in the omega fin period fin that's that, that's beautiful so so really just one of the and it, it sounds so easy Nick. And I think we talk about this. And all you listeners out there, Dr. Nick and I have spent all of our lives around death. So even things that you think sound even, we're making sound easy, took us forever to figure out. And we're still learning. But so the first thing you're saying is just talk about it. Just literally speak openly about what the fear is. Or at least try to figure out what the fear is. Yes, because that's another problem too. Right. Maybe so, so journaling is a great way to, for most people to do it. Right. It's painting. just this idea. Painting. Well, hobbies are great. Don't get me wrong. Journaling is really good if you can't put the words to something. 
So you're going to eventually skirt around it, skirt around it, skirt around it, skirt around it, and then eventually you're going to hit it. That that aha moment, right? I see. We all get that aha moment, right? The light bulb goes off Mm -hmm. in the old thing, and you're like, the Baja. That's that's where I'm getting stuck on. Mm. You know, and for everybody, it's again, it's a different stuck point. What what is your fear of death? I fear. What do I fear? In, in this moment right now, because that's another thing. It changes. it changes. Yeah. As you get older and your maturity level goes up, you're thinking about different things. Right now, if I was to die, my fear would be, is my kids going to be okay? Yeah, that's the one thing I say. Is or, my or children going to are my okay? kids going to remember me? And what I mean you know? when I say kids, I, I don't want to disregard my wife because I love my wife to death. No, I could. Th- but I, what I'm saying I, I is, would, s- it would even she be okay? Financially, right, physically, emotionally, because she, you know it, it's that old saying, right? You, you know, if if the plane is going down and the mask fall, make sure you put the mask on you first before you put it on the children, right? right. My thing is, is that am I leaving my family, my immediate family, um, with enough resources to survive? I, you know, and I'm going to go on to the kid thing because I, I love my, I love my wife to death, but I think there's a part. Danielle and Catherine, thank you so much for letting us do this show and not, you know, taking the time away from you guys and the children. Um, but I, I think our, our wives would agree. I love my wife, but my kids are like even more so a portion of my wife. Does that make, does that make sense? There's like, there's like an extra. Your, your wife is like half of your children. Well, yeah, I mean, but there's like, there, leaving my ki- worrying about my kids does kind of come first, but I, I think that's just a parental thing, right? Are my kids going to be okay? Again, are we they go back be- to the the biological thing. We are put on this earth to procreate, right? So your children are your procreation, and then their procreations are even more your procreation. Well, that means your line keeps continuing. Just, I mean, yeah, and especially with men, we got to keep our name going. <laughs> You got to keep that Kapal. That's strong. You got to keep that Kapal. The strong name. Uh, no, no. I, I think that really. I think it really does, Nick. And I think, like I said, Doctor Nick, when it comes to just talking about it, it seems so easy, but it's it's the, the 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 first step is always the hardest, right? Isn't that everything? The first step is always. I think like the a hardest. lot of people think think in their minds that if they talk about something, they're going to manifest it. Either A, they're going to manifest it, which which is like that. I, I'm not going to walk under a ladder because then I'm going to have bad luck for 15 yes, years. Yeah. Silliness. Don't break glass. Silliness. Don't but, swallow but gum. please don't walk under a ladder or step on any cracks. Um, No, but that that's the idea, right? It's If we talk about it, then we're opening up a bag of worms. Do you think it's partially too, if I open, if I talk about it, I'm admitting it? Well, yeah, we don't want to admit our flaws. Well, I mean, maybe that's the problem. Maybe that comes across, but I think your like biggest that thing... single Windsor you got going on right now. It's a nice single Windsor. It's, I like this tie a lot, actually. If you could see it, it's a, it's a really majestic gray. <laughs> it's got just enough of blue and Do red Do you live in, in the gray, Ben, or are you a black and white kind of guy? I live in the gray. Well, I'm mostly a black and white guy, yeah, but I, I, live in, I try to live in the gray. <laughs> Anyways. Why is it so hard to talk about? It's it's why is it so hard to talk about anything? I know, but it's just I, I think I, I you know I, I I'll, I'll relate so this I'll relate this to mar- marriage couples right I, you know I see a lot of marital issues in therapy right too and it's like why aren't we just talking about the problem that's at hand 
Right, we're talking about everything else. We're but talking the about oh, he doesn't come home, he doesn't do this, and then he, the the gentleman's coming back. Well, she's always angry when I get home, and blah, 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 right. And the, like the thing that I always come down is like, but but we're not really talking about the issue here. Right. The issue right. has nothing. The issue is just exasperated by the things that they're talking right. about. Right. Right. And then you, you bring up the issue, and it's again that aha moment. Like, why aren't we talking about this? Right, and we're talking about everything other than the exact thing that we really Absolutely. should be talking about. And that's that's what happens in life. We get sidetracked. So other than journaling... We get sidetracked on, oh, I really got to... I got to I gotta be nervous about this upcoming tax season because uh, I didn't get enough... Uh, you really um, got that voice. Write-off. You really doing that voice a lot today. Well, <laughs> um, other than really journaling, other than talking about it, what other things can we do to bring the uh, death anxiety to the forefront? Live forward? in today. Live in this moment. Okay. Live. What was that old country song? Live like you were dying. Oh, there you go. We got a little nice I little went southern slur. Skydiving. I went rock mountain. Yeah. So, in. so the beautiful part about that 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 song is the reality that we don't know when we're gonna die. Yep. We don't know when our demise. We don't know when the the grim grim reaper is gonna give us the wink. And right. Could, yeah. Um. So up to that point. Instead of worrying about that, worry about what, what I can do today. Yeah. How can I be a better dad? How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better um, brother? How can I be a better son? You know, your prior, prioritize your life into today. How can I be a better psych, psychotherapist? How can I be a better funeral director today? Right, right. Because that's be all we that. have. We, we, we have this present moment. That's That's, a, that's what we're guaranteed. That's it. You can put a guarantee on a box. It's just this present moment. So live like you were dying. So I think, Dr. Nick, you really, I, I think that just answers it, right? For all of you out there, if, you know, start talking about it. If it didn't answer the question, please email us so I can I can do a better job at it. Yep, and email us at letstalkaboutdeathpod at gmail.com. But, Dr. Nick, I think it's that time for some Q&As. Q&A, Q&A. Q&A, Q&A, live like you were dying. With the Q&As. <laughs> All right. My poetic thoughts on death, Dr. Nick. Death is a funny thing. It's with us every day, walking by our side. You never know when it will just snatch you up and steal you away. It almost sounds romantic, like a dance. Sometimes we try to estimate when death will come to steal our time. You have four weeks to live, they say, but no one knows. The dance with death isn't choreographed. It's improv. No one knows the next step until it's taken. Death is a funny thing. Some think it should be feared, but death is an old friend who has been by your side since your beginning. Death is just here to dance. I'd love, I'm going to stop, I'm, before you even answered that thought, I, I don't know, if it's not really a question, it's just a really cool poem somebody wrote, but I really liked that death isn't choreographed, it's improv. I, really, I don't know, something about that really, really stands out to me. And I like the idea of he's been there since the beginning. So that statement, that statement, I, I, I'm sitting with that statement for a second here. Sorry, every all the listeners out there. Because religion choreographs it, Right. It's this idea that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. It's all planned out for you, right? You might not know when it's going to happen, but you know what the afterlife's going to be. Um, 
What if you I, don't have religion. That that's what I was getting to. I think the 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 issue becomes is even people that are religious, you know, we all question. We all have questions. We all have, we all have, we, we death is an unanswered question because we really don't know what happens after, right? We've had some um near death experiences. We've had some people that have literally been, you know, like uh clinically dead, dead clinically dead and yeah. come back. But the reality is they're not dead. So we really don't know what happens when you are dead, dead, dead. Yeah, and uh, and I and I think that's part. I think that's part of. So the, I love the improv because that's that answers that question. Yeah. I, I I thought that was the best part of that. Yeah, that poem. Because the reality is, is that whether we 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 turn to religion, whether we turn to people that have had these uh, near death experiences, or literally were clinically dead for a while, we still don't know if if that's what it is. Well, I'm going to ask you this question, Nick. When you're dancing with death, who leads? I've been always a firm believer that me and death are going to have a lot of uh, Q and A's. <laughs> do you think? Do you Where think, I got a lot of questions for him. Do you think he's a manifestation? Do you think he per, he or she, he or she? I, I hope they are. I hope that, and I'm going to put. I say they because we don't know if it's a woman, female, yeah, non-gender. Um, I I just want to have a I want to have a coffee with death at the end of this. It'd be an interesting conversation. You know, imagine. maybe that's my purgatory is that I'm sitting in a room. Well, no, imagine. Oh, just imagine today, t- tomorrow, Doctor Nick. You 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 go to uh, a nice uh, corner uh, cafe. You sit down. Maybe even me and you are having just a, a, a cappuccino, yeah, frappuccino, mm-hmm. um, soy milk latte, and. Uh, Somebody sits next to us and literally, like, you could tell, like, I would assume if death sits next to you, you know it's death, right? You have to. If he's going to, he or she is going to purposely show up, they're going to make it known that they are. We don't know. We don't know. I might never get my coffee. What if you knew, what would, and they just, like, what would you even start the conversation with? Would you let? Would you let I, them start honestly, it? me being an, a, a little bit of an empath, I think I would ask the question: How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how and are that's you the doing? real question: yeah. How is death doing? <laughs> How's it going for you? What if he said something like, "Steady"? <laughs> well, I feel so like, and so. I feel like if you know we're we're trying to humanize death, but I I feel like if if he was a human, he'd you know, have some he, humor. He would he would look at me and go, "Well, how do you think it's going?" You know? You know, like obviously not great. Um, people don't like me, um, but I, I don't know. I, but again, I would bring humor into the conversation with death. Do you think he'd be a? Do you think he'd have dark humor? Oh yeah, absolutely. It'd, be, <laughs> it'd probably be like the driest humor ever. All right. So if anybody knows, if anybody wants to do a quick little like YouTube video with Doctor Nick and I, and you could play death. <laughs> And we'll have a, a coffee together. Email and us. death if you're listening. Um, whenever email you us a, at let's talk a, about death. Get a quick moment when, when I pa- when I pass on. I'd love to sit in a room with you and have some coffee. Yeah, feel free to write us any answers. What would you ask death if he sat? We're gonna do it. It's got to be a coffee, coffee house. It's got coffee. It's got to be a coffee maybe house. Grapes or something, like finger food. Okay. Last question, Doctor Nick. Do you pay the bill or does he pay the bill? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that'd be that weird moment. I feel like he would stiff the bill. I feel like he would stiff the bill. You know what? I if you know. stiff the bill, I, I again, I'm an empath, so I, I would pay, pay the bill. I'd pay the bill. Oh, man. 
All right, the second question here. What a good question. Uh, sorry, the poetic thought. We kind of went on a jaunt there. Uh, this is the second question. Not getting to say the final goodbyes because of COVID. Um, my grandma passed away. I never got to visit her in the hospital because of COVID restrictions. I'm devastated by that. I missed my final chance, and I can't get over it. It's the first time I've lost someone close, and I don't know what to do. Any advice to help? Starting, this is sad because, like they're saying, it's the first time they've lost someone close. So not only do they do they realize they missed an opportunity, but this is the first opportunity, right? So this is going to set the tone of their grieving journey from here on out, right? And they're always going to have this blank spot, right? The thing that I can say is it, it is not your fault because there was nothing you could do. You can't. And, and in this COVID situation, we were not allowed for the safety. And I'm not trying to put words into the loved one, your your grandma that you lost, but I'm sure your grandma would not wanted you to get COVID and then get sick yourself. Um, so I, I want I want you to first take a little bit of that guilt off if you can, because this is a very troubling time. I mean, we are not prepared for pandemics and especially when it comes to death and grief, we all have to, um, we kind of have to find new ways and new avenues to experience this. So I just, I, I, I want to say I, I, I'm really thinking about what you're saying, and I, I really, I really hear you, and that that really, really sucks that you didn't get that opportunity. But at the same time, I, I want you to know it, it is not your fault due to a pandemic. Um, Doctor Nick, your thoughts on this? I don't know what to do. What do you do? You grieve. What does that look like? That's a that's your that's your that's your um that's your journey that's your walk um there's nothing ben benny and i can say to you right now that's going to make it any better it, it is what it is and i hate m- using that as a cliche but the reality is is that you were not given the opportunity to say goodbye and that sucks and there's so many of us out there um, who are grieving with that reality, especially during COVID times, that we were not given the opportunity to say goodbye. So find a way to say goodbye now, whether that is writing a letter, whether that is uh, visiting the grave and just speaking, um, whether that is is borrowing the urn um, and bringing it to your house and having your moment with grandma or grandpa um, or dad or mom or brother or sister guys COVID people it's affecting everybody yeah and that's that's the one thing too um if if you're so inclined there is a lot of individuals this year that have lost somebody to COVID um and if that's something that would that would help you I'm sure there are plenty of places to talk to other um COVID families that have lost loved ones um I could tell you in my profession, I've I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of families now a second to third time after um, the COVID restrictions, and um, it, it it sucks. And um, we're we're thinking about you out here in the uh, let's talk about death uh, pod. So, any other advice, Doctor Nick, for for this individual? Do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Yeah, and grieve, grieve, and the way grieve, you need to. and and and. Know that there, know that there's help out there. 
that there is psychiatrists and psychologists and funeral directors who are willing and wanting to help you through this time. So get a hold of anybody you can, can even friends. Um, some friends are, are going to be maybe a saving point for you. Um, and, uh, don't ever hesitate to say her name. Absolutely. And thank you for just writing this, this question. This is, it's incredible. Um, and anybody else out there, um, either on the fear of death or maybe you've lost somebody to COVID or a family member that you know of, um, feel free to email us at let's talk about deathpod at gmail.com. Um, yet again, we thank you all for listening. Please share with us, spread the word about the let's talk about death. Um, Dr. Nick said it before. I'm going to say it. If you, if you know somebody that's dealing with grieving right now, send, send them our podcast. I'm sure they can get maybe one or two things out of one of the episodes we have. And, uh, thank you so much. And we'll be talking about death another time. So come on back. Cause if you're not talking about death, you ain't living. <laughs>